Well, good morning. I didn't hear anybody. Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. It's good to see new faces this morning. This fall, we are tracing God's redemptive and restorative story through the great fathers of our faith. And over the last several weeks, we've seen how a small rebel force, first led by Seth and Enoch and Noah, has grown into a full-fledged army with Abraham at the helm, fighting against the evil empire. And as we've gotten to know Abraham, we've seen glimpses of his faith that have encouraged us, and we've seen acts of mistrust and disobedience that have shocked us. Through the ups and downs, we've been reminded that faith is a process. And the longer we walk with the Lord and get to know him, the more our faith grows. Abraham understood this fully because he had walked with God for 25 years before Sarah conceived and gave birth to a little baby boy by the name of Isaac. And you can imagine the joy that Abraham felt as he took Isaac into his arms for the first time. And as Abraham looked into Isaac's eyes, the pain of infertility faded as, a, as if a distant memory. And then over the next 12 years, Abraham and Sarah raised Isaac, teaching him in the ways of the Lord. I'm sure Abraham and Isaac, they did all the normal things that fathers and sons do. And as they went along the way, I'm sure Abraham recounted to Isaac again and again, all his blunders and all his glories. And he recounted to Isaac how he was the promised child. Then when Isaac entered his teen years, God asked Abraham to do the unimaginable. God asked Abraham not just to give up Isaac, but to end his life. God asked Abraham to take his own knife and to sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering to him. This, though, a familiar story is a gut-riching story. This story seems to rail against the very fabric of a parent's heart. But as we look at Genesis 22 this morning, we see that this story reveals two things. First, it reveals Abraham's faith. And then secondly, it reveals God's faithfulness. Let me pray for us. Father, we're grateful that that truck is gone and that distraction is gone. And yet we know that being outside is not the greatest because there's other distractions. And yet we believe, Holy Spirit, that you want to come, that you want to speak through your word this morning to us. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. That you'd help us to concentrate, to focus on what you have for us today. And we believe with all of our hearts that you long to meet us. And so we pray that you would. And we pray this in your holy name. Amen. So if you'll open your Bibles or you can turn in your bulletin. 
the first thing that I want us to consider is that this passage, this chapter, this story, it reveals Abraham's faith. Look at verse 1. The author tells us that God tested Abraham. Now, when we think of the word test, our Western minds, they immediately go to grades, school, pass-fail, numerical, A, B, C, D, F. But the word test here is not an exam where Abraham passes or fails. But instead, it's an opportunity for Abraham to demonstrate the faith that he had developed after walking with God over the past two decades. In verse 2, the Lord said to Abraham, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Four times God speaks of the relationship between Abraham and Isaac. God says, I know how much you love Isaac. And I know how difficult this is going to be for you. I'm not asking you this lightly. And then as verse 2 continues, the Lord says, Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, it's interesting, God is sometimes is the case when asking us to follow him is intentionally vague with Abraham about where it is he's actually going. The Lord right now is simply wanting Abraham to understand you must go and do this very difficult thing. And then in verse three, we see Abraham's faith in action. Look at the verbs. Abraham rose early. He saddled his donkey. He took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood. He arose and he went to the place that God had told him. Abraham pressed on, not knowing how God would provide. But as we later read in Hebrews eleven nineteen, he had an idea. Abraham had reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Derek Kidner, Kidner defines faith as complete plus complete openness as to God's details. And in verse 4, we learn that Abraham took three days to go on a journey that really should have only taken a half day. But by the time he reached the place where he was able to see the place from afar, God's intervention still had not come. So in verse 5, Abraham tells the two men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Now, we are familiar with this passage. There's a word in verse 5 that should jump out to you. And that word is worship. How is sacrificing your teenage son worship? How could Abraham even begin to think of this as an act of worship or a sign of faith? Now, in the ancient Near East, child sacrifice was a common pagan religious practice. 
the ancients, they knew something that we here in the Western world don't. They understood that they were guilty. And as a result, the gods demanded sacrifice. So therefore, they freely offered their children to be sacrificed. And since Abraham grew up in this culture, he was very familiar with these practices. Therefore, when God asked him to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, he wasn't shocked at all. He didn't flinch. Now, Abraham, he didn't know how God would save Isaac, but he trusted the Lord and he kept moving. And in many ways, Abraham's faith in his heavenly father is like Isaac's faith in Abraham. Look at verses 6. Isaac, without hesitation, carries the wood up the hill. And then in verse 7, with childlike innocence and trust, Isaac asked Abraham. I love this. Very simple. My father. And Abraham says, here I am, my son. And Isaac says, behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And then in verse 9, Isaac, a teenager, readily submits to being bound on the altar. Isaac doesn't know what is going to happen, but he trusts his papa. Likewise, Abraham, he doesn't know what's going to happen, but he trusts his heavenly father saying to Isaac in verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And then in verse 10, we see the maturation of Abraham's faith as he presses on. And then he takes the knife out. He raises it to the sky. And he prepares to plunge it into Isaac's chest. And then in verse 11, the angel of the Lord, Jesus himself, shouts, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am. I am yours. I am available. I am present and willing to do whatever it is that you ask of me. And the angel of the Lord says, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham completes God's test. And by so doing, he reveals to the council that has gathered Satan and his demons, like in the book of Job, and to the world, and to all who are going to hear this story, he reveals to them that he is a man of faith. And so, as you think of this story this morning, how is God testing your faith? Again, not like an exam that is graded, but a test that is meant to deepen your faith and to reveal the faith that you already possess. Maybe the Lord is asking you today, will you trust me with your child? Will you let go of trying to control a certain situation? 
Will you trust me even when you have no idea how things are going to turn out? Will you trust me with your education, your career, your relationships, your spouse, your future? My hope is that the answer is yes. And that we will all hear the words that Abraham heard in verse 12. Now that I know you fear me. Because you have not withheld your son from me. So Genesis 22, it first reveals Abraham's faith. Secondly, it reveals God's faithfulness. God repeats the very first thing he told Abraham back in Genesis 12 and verse 18. God says, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The kingdom plan to thwart the empire remains. God says, I will never leave you. And then if you look back in verses 1 and verses 7 and verse 11, you'll notice that there's a repeated phrase that Abraham says again and again. And that phrase is, here I am. Abraham is saying to God and saying to Isaac, I will not leave you. I am present. Now, this phrase, here I am, might sound familiar. Isaiah says it when God calls him. But we also hear a similar phrase used by God to identify himself to Moses. When Moses asks God, whom, should I, whom shall I tell the Israelites sent me? And God answers, tell them I am. I am that I am. Or here I am. Tell them that I am present with them in the midst of their sufferings. I see them. And soon they will see my faithfulness demonstrated through their deliverance. In our text today, just as Abraham is present to God and Isaac, God is present with us. When we call out to him, his response is always, is always, here I am. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the great I am, the one who exists with us and the one who provides for us. Look again in verse 11. The angel of the Lord sees Abraham lift up his knife and he shouts to him, Abraham, fix your eyes on me. I am present with you. And in verse 12, Abraham, he puts the knife down as the Lord says, stop. And in verse 13, Abraham lifts up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram. Now, what is the ram? The ram is a symbol of the Lamb of God. And just as Abraham sacrifices the ram in a burnt offering, our faithful God sacrificed his son on the cross. God co-ops a common practice of child sacrifice used by the pagan gods to demonstrate to the world that he is different. All the other pagan religions demand that you give up your firstborn son or daughter. And God says, I have so loved the world that I 
gave my only son, my begotten son, my beloved son, to be sacrificed so that your sons and daughters who profess faith in me, though they might die, they will live eternally. And in verse 14, Abraham, rightly seeing God's faithfulness, names the place, the Lord will provide. And then as it is said to this day, on the mount, and mount means seeing, seeing on this mount, the Lord provided. You will see God's faithfulness. For on Mount Moriah, which most scholars agree is Golgotha, God said, I will die so that you might live. So I wonder this morning, how does knowing God's faithfulness, we, we sang about it all morning long, how is knowing God's faithfulness going to change the way you live today? How is knowing God's faithfulness going to change your posture in your relationships? How is God's faithfulness going to change the way you worship Him? How is God's faithfulness going to affect the way you see difficult circumstances or unexpected outcomes? God chose Abraham to lead a rebellion against the evil empire. And he sent his son to secure the victory. This morning, we get the privilege to come to this table remembering Jesus' death and resurrection that secured victory for all of us, for all time. And so if you'll stand with me, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.